It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Diving stop, Seager. Toss on up the first. In time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye, baseball. Straight away, center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back. Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Mariners get the win in game one of the series. Nice road trip continues. They take two of three from Tampa Bay. They take the first game in Atlanta. And now tonight, a chance to take the series and continue the roll. The Mariners now a game back of the second wild card. Minnesota Splitting a doubleheader yesterday, they're 64 and 60. They have seized control of the second slot alone. The Angels losing to Texas 5 to 3 last night. They're a half game behind. Mariners won back. The Royals, they beat Cleveland last night, and they are back. Texas 2 behind. Baltimore 3.5. Tampa 4. And Toronto now five back. So that's where things sit going into tonight. We'll talk more about tonight coming up. Also, Kyle Seeger, Shannon Dreher sits down with the Mariners' third baseman. And Rick Riz with the sheriff, Norm Charlton. That's a fun conversation that comes up in a few minutes as well. Let's get to the ball game last night. And it belonged to Alonzo, who had a big, big night especially considering no Nelson Cruz in the starting lineup in the NL Park, but Alonzo sure made up for it. Here's the stretch and the 3-0 pitch. Fastball swinging a line drive, base hit, down the right field line into the corner. Here comes Martin on the score, rounding third, heading home. Here's Segura heading for second. Alonzo, the throw in by Marquecas, cut off by the second baseman, Albies. A two-out, two-run double by Yonder Alonzo into the right field corner. And the Mariners have taken a 4-2 lead over the Braves here in the top of the fourth on a clutch base hit by Yonder. The 1-2. Swing and this is cracked deep. Thumped right field. This has carry. It is just off the top of the brick wall above the 375 marker. Alonzo gallops into second base. He slides in spikes first. Just feet shy of a homer. Instead, he'll settle for a run-scoring double with two outs of the sixth inning. It stretches the Mariners' lead 6-2. to two. Not just at the plate, he turned in a pretty sweet slide at home as well. Here is the stretch and the 1-0 pitch. Swinging a ground ball up the middle into center. Field a base in. Alonzo Ronnie third heading home. Up with the ball is Enciarte. The throw to the plate. Down with the tag. Suzuki, he missed him. Safe and home with a slide. Yonder Alonzo is safe and home on a single to center by Robbie Cano. He'll take second on the throw to the plate. And the Mariners now lead the Braves by a score 
of 5-2. to two. Alonzo, three hits, three ribbies, two runs scored, providing a large bulk of the offense, and also an RBI from Hanniger, and another one from an unexpected source. Here's the stretch, and the 1-1, swinging a ground ball up the middle, up the bare hand of the pitcher, Fultonavich to the shortstop, Swanson, he picks it up, no throw anywhere, and a run will score. Andrew Albers with an infield base hit, and a run batted in, and the Mariners have a 1-0 lead. Albers goes five, six hits, four runs, three earned, one walk, three strikeouts on 86 pitches, and set the table for the Mariners' win. Great throw to second base to cut down a runner in the ninth inning by Mike Zanino. Diaz closes down the win, and the Mariners get the win 6-5 to five in game one of the series. The M's now 64-62 and 62 on the season, here's Scott Service. Uh, Albers threw the ball really well, um, you know, giving us five innings and did it all. Got his first major league hit, RBI, a couple sack bunts down. Was very played the game like a little leaguer, you know, tonight <laughs> in the National League. So, uh, did a really good job. Get us to the sixth inning. Um, obviously, we we hung on tonight. We did not play a very good game defensively. You know, with the errors, throwing the wrong base, it was sloppy. But you know, uh, Vincent and and uh, Eddie and, and Zepp really picked us up and, and got some huge outs for us. So, uh, you know, got enough done offensively. Uh, of course, Alonzo, big night uh, by him at first base. The, the big uh, double down the corner, scoring two runs, and he was on everything all night. So, you know, we need to continue to, to hit to win on the road, but we got to play better defense. And it was sloppy tonight, and fortunately our pitching stepped up and got us over the hump. With Albers, since the Braves have some familiarity with him, did he have to change anything that he was doing from last time out? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. You know, I think the top of their lineup obviously is not in AAA. They don't. They don't really know him that well at all. You know, they're veteran guys. So, uh, I thought he threw the ball well. Uh, you know, he got it going back and forth with the change up a little bit. But you know, we didn't do a lot defensively to help him out, and they created some longer innings and pitch count and whatnot. Some. So we got to tighten up the defense here a little bit tomorrow. Well, Zanino got a couple of. Yeah, highlight, you know, for me is anytime, you know, the, the two big outs at Mike, the throwouts at second base, uh, you know, were great. Anytime you throw a guy on the ninth inning from a catcher, it doesn't get any better than that. So happy for him. Um, you know, he hung in there. It is smoking hot down here. And our guys, you know, from the really the first inning on, they feel it. We're not used to playing in this heat. So, uh, you know, good effort by everybody. But, we got, like I said, tighten it up a little bit tomorrow. When you talk about that, is that a bad – do you have to say anything at that point? Or is this one that was pretty obvious? As far as the, the – The errors and the bobbles? Yeah, you know, guys, you know, it's just a, it's a little bit of lack of concentration. We talk a lot about the things you can control. Control the controllable. You can control your base running. You can control the defense. And, and tonight we didn't catch the balls as well as we can. We know that. You know, uh, lucky we were able to get away with the win. Scott, you, you talked about working with Mike a little bit on throwing and just kind of cleaning up some stuff. Are you seeing that now with what he's been doing? But well, t- tonight he let the ball travel and get to him. and His, his footwork is nice and short. He's very compact and try to overthrow the ball, which is very accurate. And, and being accurate, uh, you know, from behind the plate, it's what it's all about. You don't have to worry about the time so much. Just put the ball around the bag and, you know, made a good throw the other day when he complete the play with the tag, but tonight we did. I think... Do you think part of that uh, sloppiness defensively could be attributed to new ballpark and lights, or is that the cop out? No, the, the new ballpark had nothing to do with us dropping the ball tonight. No, we just uh, we didn't lock in there. But hey, a, a great win! You take a win anytime you can. Uh, we did get some big hits, and like I said, our, our bullpen, our pitching was very good tonight. How did Eddie make that play possible in the ninth for Zanino? It looks like maybe he slowed down just a little bit from what he used to be. Eddie did a great job. And I know he and Mel have been working a lot, a lot of our our younger guys out of the bullpen, about doing a better job controlling the running game. And he did. He held the ball. 
Uh, it, it made Enciarte uh, not get as great a jump as maybe he normally does. Huge, huge. Those little things in the game that often don't often show up, they showed up tonight. It gave Zanino a chance, and, and we completed the play. How valuable is Alonzo knowing that he came in, you have to sit Nelson Cruz because of the DH, and there's not in the National League, and he just pretty much propelled your offense today? No doubt. You know, the left-handed bats in our lineup are going to be big in this series uh, against this club with the right-handed pitching they have. So it's it's Alonzo, Cano, Seager, Gamble, that group of guys. You know, really need them to step up. And tonight, uh, Yonder did a great job. All right. Wasn't exactly the cleanest win for the Mariners, but one they'll certainly take as the M's take game one of this series. And now they'll look for the series tonight against the Braves. On the mound for the M's, Marco Gonzalez will take the ball in game two of this series. 0 and 0, 7 11 ERA, 435 first pitch for the Mariners. Lucas Sims will take the ball for the Atlanta Braves. 1 and 3, a 5 2 4 ERA. Sims, a rookie and one that has not pitched uh, very often in the big leagues so far this year. Just a handful of games under his belt for Atlanta. So far this season, four games, all starts, 22 and a third innings pitched, 13 earned runs, four homers, 11 strikeouts in those um, starts. His last turn in Colorado pitched pretty well, especially given Colorado and their offense. Five innings of work, two earned runs, three walks, two strikeouts. He hasn't gone longer than six in any of his big league starts. In fact, he's been pretty consistent. Six, six, five and a third, and five. Earned runs, three, four, four, and two. So he's turned in uh, roughly the same start in each of his four starts. So we'll see what the Mariners can do against Sims here. They get to the brave starter in game one. They'll try and do that in game two tonight as the M's look to take the series. All right, right now, let's hear from Kyle Seeger. Kyle, it's kind of fun going to a new park where, you know, you're all in the same boat for the most part when you come in. Yeah, nobody's ever been here. Nobody knows kind of what's going on. Um, you know, <clears throat> I mean, absolutely nobody's been here, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, getting to walk around, it's a really, really nice stadium, and it's, uh, you know, the clubhouse and everything's really nice here. And you guys had a little bit of fun in the clubhouse about an hour ago, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was wild. You know, just the uh, illusionist was just... Yeah, I don't know how he was doing it, but it was pretty cool. So Magician was brought in just for a little bit of fun. And from what I understand, uh, Nelson Cruz asked if he could make the lineup disappear. He did. He said, yeah, he <laughs> said that he was wondering if he could if he could make the lineup change a little bit and, uh, you know, get Skip to go along with it. But I don't think he'd quite pull that one off. Nah, it's, you got to be careful with the big guy, especially uh, in the National League parks. Don't want to see anything happening with him. But, you know, the offense that we've seen the last couple of days, uh, I know you guys are putting a lot on yourselves right now to really kind of score the runs, but we saw that for the most part in Tampa. Yeah, offensively, you know, we did a pretty good job. You know, obviously, uh, you know, yesterday he threw the ball really well. Um, he had really good stuff, and, and it was on, and it was it was really sharp. So, I mean, um, you know, that was definitely, you know, a tough one. But, you know, once again, you go into – these series, you try to win the series, and obviously you win the first two games. You're, you'd like to sweep them, but, you know, you look back and it's still a real positive series. And you guys talk about that quite a bit. It's so funny because the fans can go so game to game, and every game is big, but every time I talk to one of you guys, the focus is the series. That's all you need to do right now. Yeah, I mean, you obviously want to win every game. You go out and you, you play to win every single game, but, you know, the reality of the situation is that's not, you know, that's not possible. So you go out there and you win every single series, and, you know, you look up at the end of the year and, you know, not only will you be in it, but you'll be ahead of it. So it's uh, that's definitely the goal. 
Things change a little bit here because you have to have the pitcher hit. But when you have, particularly in the last week, when and we've seen it times throughout the season, when your lineup is clicking one through nine, what is that like to be a part of that? What is it like to be in that lineup? It's it's really really good. You know we we've you know we've we've known we had such a deep lineup the whole year. You know you go top to bottom. You know everybody can beat you in a in a different facet of ways. I mean everybody's you know everybody brings their own you know different uh, you know different dynamics to it. But it's a uh, it's fun to be a part of because you don't have to rely on. You know, it's not just Nelson hitting homers or, you know, Robbie hitting homers and doubles and stuff. You know, you, you can look at, you know, you got guys that can steal bases. You guys got to run. You know, the the base running, you know, we, we got a lot more speed. It's it's a, it's a lot more fun in different ways. You're a few pounds down now since the illness, which kind of had me worried that you might think you're a little more invisible right now. No, I don't. I, yeah, I uh <laughs> <laughs> I was. They told me just because I'm lost in that weight class that I still don't mean I'm allowed to run. So that's that's kind of where where I'm at. So I'm kind of a tweener now. So I need to get the weight back. And then you can run. <laughs> no, and then I can just be content with you know being the the slow guy that you know at least can hit. So at least he says that's important too one of the things i wanted to ask you for a while is is if it's fun to watch you at third base obviously what you do out there is fantastic defensively but in between plays i'm not sure there's anybody who talks more than you do you are talking to the opposing base base coach whoever's on base the umpire i mean kyle i don't know if people know this you might be the friendliest third baseman in the league well i'm trying to trick the umpires into liking me so that, uh, maybe they'll give me better calls and stuff like that so <laughs> You know, it's easier to hold a grudge when you don't like somebody, so that's my goal there. But, yeah, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of downtime. You know, you got a lot of, a lot of time out there, and you see these guys all the time. So, you know, you get to know everybody, and, you know, it, uh, you know, it, makes, it, it makes it go by a little, little, fire, a little more fun out there. Sometimes there's a lot of experience in that base coach job, too. Who have you enjoyed talking to? There, there's quite a few guys. There, there's a lot of guys. We, you know, we have, a, we have a lot of good guys in our division. Those are a lot of fun. Um, you know, anybody, most of the American League, you know, I really get to know quite a bit. Uh, man, that's hard hard to pick one. Butter Butterfield from Boston, he's he's probably uh, he might be one of the funnier ones for me. I think one of the best things I saw once was the base coach was talking with a runner on third, and you kind of popped in there, and it was kind of a, hey, guys, what's going on? I know. Well, they're talking about what they're going to do, so it kind of works out. So I'll just get in there close and, you know, ask them, you know, what are we, are we, are we going on contact here, you know, and. <laughs> If they say it loud enough, and you know, I can just tell you know Segura or whoever's playing short, hey, you know, maybe take a step in. He's running here, so it works out both ways. I think you have a disarming way about yourself that you probably get away with that from time to time. Yeah, just sneak right under the radar, so it works out well. Perfect. Last question: uh, Any eclipse stories in the clubhouse today? Um, no, I don't. I don't know if anybody was uh, you know out there staring at it. So I uh, hopefully, hopefully, if they did, they were wearing the the glasses and all that good stuff. But. Yeah, nothing. Uh, I haven't heard too too many crazy things though. It's been, I know there's a lot of traffic and stuff though. All right. Well, we're okay here. All the eyes are fine, so everything should be good tonight. Kyle, thank you. No problem. Thank you. And time for the sheriff. Here's Norm Charlton. Chance to sit down and talk uh, about his career, and he had a great one with the Mariners closer, Norm Charlton. Dave Niehaus nicknamed him the sheriff. Norm, welcome back to Seattle. A chance to throw out a ceremonial first pitch. What do you remember most about your time in a Mariners uniform, buddy? Man, that's a trick question, Rick. I mean, you throw on Dave Niehaus's name right there, and we're sitting in Safeco, basically the the stadium that the 95 team built. You know, welcome back to, I mean, I hear all this stuff, and it's here, and it's, it's, it's almost overwhelming. You know, I have such great memories of this town, of these fans. Uh, and there's some that don't like me, and that's okay. I had some bad games. You're not supposed to like me when I have a bad game. But uh, majority of the people, 
uh, awesome people, awesome place to play. Uh, the memories of the 95 team, you know, that team was headed to Tampa. And because of what King Griffey Jr., Jay Buner, Andy Johnson, Dan Wilson, myself, I mean, the list goes on because of what we did um, in that 95 season. We had this beautiful stadium here. Uh, we say baseball in the Pacific Northwest and and you guys get to celebrate and we get to celebrate 40 years of Mariners baseball otherwise we'd have been in Tampa or some other godforsaken place one of the best things that happened in 1995 and I will never forget this Norman is I'm up in the booth with Kevin Kremen and it's actually dark in the kingdom I see this guy walk down the left field line to the bullpen with a catcher I don't know if it was Danny or not Lou Pinella and he throws about maybe 10 pitches and about 15 minutes later, I found out it was you and the Mariners signed Norm Charlton. I believe the Phillies let you go. What do you remember about that moment when you became a Mariner? I remember Lou Pinella standing there watching me throw a bullpen in his underwear. <laughs> he was in a cutoff shirt. We were down the, down the line in the, in the Mariners deal in the, in the Kingdom, and Lou walks down there. And he said, I, I know what your makeup is. I know what you bring to the table. I know what you have been. He goes, I just got to make sure you can still throw. And so I threw five or six pitches. He said, yeah, you can still throw. Told Lee Pelicutis to take care of it. And Lee <laughs> signed it all up. And Lou walked back into the dugout with his underwear. And the rest was history. Uh, really excited about being back on that ball club. Uh, I knew a bunch of guys on that club. And they were starting to play pretty well at the time. Uh, and then the things we did uh, the second half of that year are just unforgettable. Every time he gave the ball to you, you took it. What was it like playing for Lou? Uh, it was tough because he demanded a lot of his players. Didn't expect you to do anything you weren't capable of doing, and he had a pretty good idea what you could do. Uh, but he expected you to take the ball every day and and give it everything he got. One of the toughest guys I ever played for, but at the same time, one of the easiest guys I've ever played for. You knew exactly where you stood. There was no doghouse. There was none of this or that. If he had a problem with you, you knew it right away. And you either fixed it and did it the way he wanted it done, or he'd get you out of there and get the type of player that he wanted in there. When Luke came here in 93, he brought myself in, Chris Bazio, Tiny Felder, and kind of changed the atmosphere and changed the aura of Seattle Mariners baseball. That kind of all came to fruition in 95 with what we did in 95, and then in 2001, winning 116 games. Yeah. That was... You know, that was Pat Gillick and Lou Pinella uh, in the front office that, that allowed those guys to put together the teams that they put together with the kind of guys that they wanted. I want to go back to 1995 because that was the team and the time that saved baseball here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, the American League Division Series, you guys are down 2 nothing, losing the first two games in New York. Now you've got to come back to Seattle and win three in a row. Randy wins game three. Edgar, the two home runs, seven RBIs, and then... Uh, you win game three, Edgar, with the double. What do you remember most about pitching in that division series against the Yankees? I don't remember a whole lot. But I know I threw a lot in that. I mean, I think Randy and Bazio had more innings than me, and I, was a, I had the second or the third amount, most amount of innings in that playoff series. As a reliever? As a reliever. That whole thing is kind of a blur. Kind of the main thing I remember about that is us leaving Yankee Stadium on the bus, getting on the plane and coming back and Lou being just as confident as he could be that this series wasn't over and that we were going to win it. And that, that kind of permeated throughout the whole team, and I think the whole team felt like that because, you know, since 1st of August in 95, our back was against the wall virtually every game we played. We were losing virtually every game we played at some point in time. 
most of the true diehard fans will tell you if you left this stadium with two outs in the ninth and us trailing by six, you were had a surprise on the ride home because we came back to win those games. But I, th I think just the way everything happened in 95, our run, grand slam from Doug Strange in the yeah. bottom of the 200th inning in, in whatever yeah. game it was. Right. I think we really felt like we were still, we were down, we were down 2-0 in a, in a five-game set, and we really felt like we were still in control of that series. And, what, and we were. What was it like coming into those ball games with the crowd going crazy? You couldn't even hear yourself think, and now all of a sudden you you made that walk from the bullpen to the middle of the diamond on top of the mound. What was that like for you? It's inexplainable. I mean, it's, I mean most people have never been through like that, through anything like that. You know, it's almost like that point in the movie where you can't catch your breath. You know, where something happens and the screen explodes and the action takes place, and, and you're nervous and you're sweating and you can't catch your breath. It's Either that or your wedding day. One of the two. <laughs> it was beautiful. Let's go to 2001. 116 wins. What was it like pitching on that ball club? That was really neat because every day we came to the ballpark, we knew somebody was getting their tail kicked, and it wasn't going to be us. I mean, the numbers that we put up and the years that guys had and the guys on that team that played together, that went out and had a cold beverage together or ate breakfast together for a day game, that team was just really, really special with, with, the, with the kind of players, the types of players, the way we interacted, uh, and then the way we played on the field. And I think everybody that came into our ballpark knew they were about to get their tail kicked. Dave Niehaus, I think, said it best about your grit and your determination. He said this on the air. Norm has a set on him like a prize Bravo ball. <laughs> Mike Blowers was asked that. He says, yes, I know. I showered with the bat. <laughs> what did you think when you heard that? Well, I mean, that's kind of coming from another guy. That's kind of the ultimate compliment. I mean, that's a guy that's coming from guys that have watched you play on a daily basis. not coming from a guy that saw you do something that saw me run over a catcher on YouTube. Uh, Mike Sosha. Yeah, in, in Cincinnati video. It's coming from a guy, both Dave and Mike, that played with me on the field and watched me every day. I mean, you sat up there and watched me every day that I played here, and you sat in the bar with me and had a cold, frosty beverage with yes. me, and you know me as well as anybody. So a compliment like that coming from guys that actually know me, pretty good. We love watching you pitch. You arrived at the right time for this franchise. Norman, always great to see you. Thanks so much for the visit. Thank you for welcoming me back. Thank you to the fans of Seattle and the Seattle Mariners for having me back here. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams 
teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.